Tough question. Okay. Number one. Number one. Right off the top, in and out or five guys? Five guys. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah? Five, five guys. Just personal preference? No, five guys gives you more, more choices. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's totally true. Mm-hmm. In and out is kind of like a one-trick pony. Yeah, they got one thing. They're but pretty it, good at it. But in and out has a secret menu. You know about the secret oh, yeah. menu. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the best way to do their fries, I think. Mm, the secret? Yeah. All oh. that extra stuff on there. So what's the name of the secret fries? Will Animal? you be killed if you tell? Oh, I don't know. No? A- animal style? Animal style. Cheese. Cheese. Uh, grilled onions. And then there, that's probably like Thousand Island, whatever the special sauce is. Wow. Oh, it's good. It's good. Wow. But I mean, you're taking something bad, French fries, and making mm. it better and worse. Right, right. Better right. and worse. Right, right, right. Welcome to 10 Questions with 10 Pastors. Brought to you by Gateway Seminary. With your host, Tyler Sanders. I'm Tyler Sanders, Director of Communications at Gateway Seminary. I'm here with uh, Greg Perkins, lead pastor of the View Church in Menifee, California. We are here at the SBC annual meeting in Nashville, Tennessee. That's mm-hmm. what the noise you can hear behind us. And uh, I've got a couple questions for Pastor Perkins. And uh, the real questions are going to start now. Okay. Uh, what are you reading right now? I am reading a book. Uh, it's an intercultural hermeneutics book uh, called The Bible in a Different View. Okay. And uh, it's really enlightening because it is helping me rethink my biblical hermeneutic. You know, you've been socialized to look at the word through your lived experience in North America, mm. but understanding that there's a whole big world out there whose lived experience is different has been eye-opening. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about preaching. Okay. So macro, big level, mm-hmm. how do you approach planning like a series of sermons? Yeah. How, are, how, how far out are you thinking and how do you, how do you approach that? So it's interesting. So I had, uh, I, I think two of God's best in seminary at Gateway, uh, Randy Bennett and Jim Wilson. Uh, I had uh, Randy for preaching one and Jim for preaching two. Hmm. Um, and you know, Jim has very specific thoughts about what preaching should look like. And then Randy has kind of uh, complimentary thoughts, if you will. Okay. So how do I pr- approach preaching? Initially, I would map out for a whole year and I would pray and I would, and I would, would go on sabbatical. Okay, God, what do you want uh, me to impart this year? Kind of as, as life-shaping building blocks. Uh, but since the pandemic, I've really been preaching week to week. Mm. Um, as I've taken the temperature of the congregation. And so rather than me kind of having this master plan that's kind of formulaic, if you will, um, I've been seeking to be far more sensitive to the specific needs uh, as they they come. So as we are emerging from this this, uh, pandemic world, Mm. um, I'm going to return to more mapped out uh, instruction, yeah. uh, but I'm still not probably going to do like a year's worth. Yeah. It'll probably be in quarters. Okay. Now, next question I'm preaching is in a, me, in a more detailed kind of way, how do you actually get from text to like a specific sermon you're mm. writing? What's that process like? Is it a week to week kind of thing? So I'm kind of a, a bit of a unicorn because 
whatever I preach, God provides me with an opportunity to live it out before I teach it. Mm. And so oftentimes I hate preaching because I know that whatever I'm preaching about, I'm going to have to go through it, right? You got to do it. Yeah. And so it is the experiencing whatever that is that then helps me then uh, be drawn to a text and kind of the biblical solution for it. Mm. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of through, through, through walking it out, if yeah. you will. Now, what's the most difficult passage you've ever preached? Let not your heart be troubled. Mm. You believe in God, believe also in me. Mm. In my Father's house are many mansions. Because most people preach it as a celebration, but it was actually in, in the midst of great sorrow. Oh. And so, but it was through that great sorrow that they were able to experience the grace of God. Mm. And so, for me, it is not trying to teach people to happiness, but sometimes allowing them to see the value in sorrow. Mm. That's tough. Yeah, it That's is. Tough. It is. When you look at like the breadth of uh, your responsibilities, mm -hmm. what do you feel like is your sweet spot as a minister? And maybe what's something that's like a growing edge or something you're still kind of developing? Yeah. So I am a former corporate HR guy. I was a vice president and a chief staff officer, chief administrative officer, a large organization. Blah, blah. So I am wired in that way. And so church operations, I'm a former executive pastor. So church operations, man, that's my sweet spot. Yeah. Um, I have the uh, privilege of serving on the board of the Baptist Foundation and the Inland Empire Baptist Association, yeah. um, along with the uh, National African American Fellowship of SBC. So those kind of things, and then I'm on two other outside faith-based boards. That's my sweet spot. Yeah. Um, I love operations. I love all that kind of stuff. I struggle most because people don't realize it, but I'm a strong introvert. Like, I've taken the Myers-Briggs over a 20-year period, and I've never not been an I. Yeah. Intro I mean, I'm like uber introvert. Yeah. And so, it... Pastoring forces me not to, be an, not to be an introvert. Yeah. And so the most difficult thing is engaging with others when I really want to go inward because that's where I get my yeah. recharge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a pastor, that can be very off-putting sure. and frankly offensive. Yeah. And so... Um, I have to fight my inclination not to be the operations guy and to be the shepherd. I see. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's yeah. good. Take this next question as seriously or unseriously as you like. Okay. What's a swing and a miss you've had in ministry? Yeah, I'm going to take it seriously. Okay. Because I think in ministry, sometimes we um, think that strength means lack of failure and mm -hmm. inability to be vulnerable. And yeah. strength is actually being vulnerable and being transparent in your failures. Mm. So let me, let me tell you the most ginormous failure ever. I mean, ginormous. Um, I was rolling out this uh, life, you know, small groups. Mm. And we were sunsetting the current for small groups that had been meeting for years and then... Uh, launching about 30 new ones. Yeah. But I missed a very critical point. I did not honor the current small groups 
I did not do the warm touch and say, hey, here's why we're doing whatever. Right. So I just rolled it out in our leadership's meeting. The current groups are like, wait, why would you do this to us? We've yeah. been faithful. We've weathered COVID. We've yeah. weathered the, you know, we had a church split years ago and all these things. And so it went over like a bloop. Yeah. So I ended up having to backtrack, oh. meet with, with stakeholders, do all that. Yep, yep. What I learned is don't put function before people. Because okay. we're, we're in the people business. Yeah. We're not, in, we don't make widgets. Yeah. We're not manufacturing buildings. We're in the people business. Yep. And so, uh, so that was a, a, a huge missed opportunity. My greatest success was um, the purchase of our current worship center and mm. campus. Mm. Um, and That's a big deal. It is a huge deal. Um, and then a close cousin is we recently purchased our first senior housing unit. Uh, we have a, a five-year plan called Vision 2025, yeah. and it is to tr turn one of our properties into a faith-based child development center, reduce our debt, launch our, our senior housing corp, and then uh, we have a, a safe house program called the Hope Center for Women and Children mm. Experiencing Domestic Violence. Oh, and so yeah. we want to purchase up to 30 housing units, and it begins with one, yeah. and just last month we purchased our one. Wow. So That's impressive. Yeah. Glory to God. What is something, having been through seminary, what is something you cannot learn in seminary? You have to learn it yeah. in ministry. Seminary gives you great uh, uh, opportunity for, to expand your thoughts and thinking. Um, it challenges you to accurately understand the word. What it does not give you is how to practically apply it to ministry. Mm. And I had the TFE, as all of us who went through Gateway, yeah. you know, we went through the TFE, where, and it was kind of like a practicum, if you will. Yeah. Um, but there are things that you don't learn until you are assigned when you are there as a pastor, yeah. leader. Not as a TFE, not as an uh, intern, whatever. Yeah. Because there's a different level of pressure and accountability. Yeah. Um, and so I think the, the biggest thing is, 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 the, is you learn how to practically apply what you learn through the successes and failures. Yeah. And thank God that, that we have a thing called grace, that even when we do screw up, right, yeah. that, that God gives us the grace to make it right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the flip of that, mm -hmm. what is something that you think a student has to learn in seminary? Like if there's one thing a person comes out of seminary with, what is that one thing they need to have? Yeah. Um, if they're called a pastoral leadership, they must be grounded in the key tenets of our faith. Okay. Why we believe what we believe. Yeah. And the script, scriptural basis to support it. They must be able to be biblical apologists in that context. Yeah. The, you know, the foundational. They must have the foundation. Yeah. A close cousin is they must understand the mechanics of how ministry is constructed and how it works. Okay. Because if they, if they have the theological fundamentals, but they don't have the mechanics, yeah. they don't have anything in which to hang their theo theological things. Yes. That's good. Yeah. That's a good insight. Uh, if you could, 
If you could give advice to yourself your first year in ministry, what would that advice be? Be willing to communicate what you don't know. Not thinking that you have to walk in the room and be the loudest voice with all the answers. That's good. Mm. That's a tough one to learn, I think. It is. Yeah. It is. One more question. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you meet Jesus? Man, so I grew up in church. I've been a lifelong Southern Baptist, but I did not know Jesus. Mm. Um, I went to Glorietta, New Mexico for youth camp um, before you know they shut Glorietta down. I was a part of the San Diego Baptist Association. My first year of college, uh, I graduated from high school when I was 15. And my first year, I went to CBU, but it was CBC then. I'm, I'm dating myself. <laughs> um, and we used to have to go across the street to Magnolia Avenue for chapel yeah. when Magnolia was all green. I'm dating myself. So I was in the dorms and uh, they were having a Bible study. And I thought that knowing Jesus was connected to serving and doing. Mm. Um, but the dorm guy talked about relationship. Yeah. And the bulb went off that I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I always expected that I knew him just because I went to church and all my friends were in church and that I sang church songs. Yeah. And so it was actually on the campus of then CBC in the old dorms on the third floor um, that in my room, because I was too embarrassed to let anybody know that I didn't know Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, that I said, come into my heart and mm-hmm. I accepted Jesus. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank and uh, you. thank you for sitting with us for a few minutes here. I know it's busy time. There's a lot going on this yeah. year at uh, SBC. So uh, yeah. again, thank you so much. Really appreciate it, Greg. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. God bless. You.